Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Do you know what we haven't talked about yet? We haven't talked about doctors. Do you know anything about GPs? Do you know anything about GPs? No. Do you know anything about tongue tie? No. Do you know anything about breastfeeding? No. Hmm. Well, okay, why don't we listen to this lovely conversation that I had recently with my pal Vanessa? Vanessa, a little bit about your background. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm a GP and I've been working in Galway since I graduated. I actually did my GP training in, in Galway as well. I'm the mother of two lovely kids, oh. Lucas and Fia, and a partner to Ian. So we are trucking along, doing our best in Galway. <laughs> and uh, I'm also a tongue tie uh, practitioner. Wow. Uh, so that's a new, a new kind of string to my bow recently uh, after Lucas was diagnosed with tongue tie. So this is a whole new world for me. Tell us a little bit about that then. So I hadn't got a clue about tongue tie until my son. So that's after 11 years of medical training. Uh, I breastfed Lucas and he had quite a shallow latch and it was quite painful for me. And I just felt like something wasn't right. Now, he was also incredibly windy baby. So I can't remember who said he might have a tongue tie, but I did not know how to look for one. So I went to my local lactation consultant and she said, well, maybe he has a mild tongue tie. You know, go and see your ENT. So your nose and throat doctor. Mm. So three weeks later, my supply had gone down um, and I was not in a good way. Um, but the ENT doctor had a look, said, maybe, but we'll cut it anyway. Okay. And, you know, in your crisis mode, I yeah. said, OK, go ahead. I didn't look yeah. at what they were doing. No instructions going home. So anyway... It did help. The latch was better. It was less painful. But interestingly enough, he, you know, his crazy wind did not get better. And he was diagnosed with cow's milk protein allergy after that. Oh, okay. So it's just a good point that not everything, you know, tongue tie is not, um, release is not a magic bullet. And, you know, you need to have a proper assessment and have your GP and or pediatrician and or lactation consultant on board to give you the full picture. Okay. So it definitely did help, but it wasn't the only thing that yeah. was kind of affecting our breastfeeding relationship. So okay. so that was the start of it anyway. Mm. And uh, then I started delving into the big bad world of tongue tie because it is a big bad world because the evidence base has just 
exploded. Yeah. And this is reflected in social media now. So, you know, young mums are getting a lot of their information through peer support groups and Facebook pages. Yeah. Um, But so are the medical community. Um, So I'm linking up. I spend a lot of my days (laughs) flicking through like all these professional discussion groups on Facebook and this is how I network because the people who know what they're doing are mainly in America that the forerunners behind Tung Tai um, management okay um, so I can talk to them one on one like that that's an amazing thing wow so it's great yeah um, and there's no formal process for training for Tung Tai in Ireland none okay. and the waiting list is about three years to be trained in England okay so I just figured out and tailored my own training um, course, really. You know, I was in um, Sligo and Clonmel and I spent a good bit of time up in Belfast with a dentist um, who, who does lots and lots and lots of tongue-tie divisions right. um, and came back down and started the clinic and, and it's been going really well since in Wowzers. Galway. That's yeah. amazing. And what I think is so interesting about this is is that it was common practice, Way back when. Yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, you know, um, there's this kind of old adage of midwives using their fingernails to divide the, the tongue tie before they left the hospital. Yeah. yeah. It was it was it was a routine thing that was full totally by the wayside. But the evidence for the things that can the consequences of the sequelae of a tongue tie, not in everyone, but in some people, are huge. What's the history around tongue tie? It's a really good question because tongue tie has been around forever. Um, so it's quoted in the Bible, uh, Mark 7.35. I had to look that up. <laughs> I love your notes. I just realised them yeah. now. <laughs> I'm a geek. I like notes. Yeah. Um, but way before that, so, you know, in the Shu era in Japan, like that's a thousand years BC, you know, it's quoted. But evidence-based medicine has been around since the 1970s. And that's the difference. So this idea of it coming into the medical... So it was in the medical literature and it kind of fell out of favour um, really with the advent of formula feeding. That was definitely something to do with it. Okay. Um, and and the, the reduced breastfeeding rates. But now with the research that is emerging to back it up all the time, um, it's it's making a comeback in a big way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's there. It's always been there, but we're just talking about it now. And then just coming back to your training. Mm. So what makes you qualified to advise or even perform a tongue-tie procedure? What I would say is it's someone who has training. Because as a GP, I know that up until that point, I, I didn't I didn't know. You know, yeah. so I remember someone asked me, you know, has my kid a tongue-tie? I said, I don't know. Yeah. It's not part of the six-week check. So, um... So it's someone who has had experience examining babies, examining babies, has had their technique, their surgical technique observed and assessed and deemed to be at a good enough level to, to, to perform the, the procedure by someone who already does it. Mm. But in Ireland, you're talking about dentists, GPs with a special interest and ENT consultants. They're, they're the three kind of professionals that would assess. That being said, lactation consultants who were experienced with tongue tie can diagnose better than anyone. Okay. Um, and they're so familiar with feeding and suck dysfunction mm-hmm. that they that they can see it, but they can't, they don't like to diagnose. So they might say, I can see there's a bit of restriction under your baby's tongue. You need to go and see X, Y, and Z. What age or stage can you bring a child? Is there any restriction yeah. around that? No, day one. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> so, you know, there's never an easy answer in medicine. The earlier, the better. If you're having problems, a tongue tie is only a normal lingual frenulum, so the little string under the tongue. If it impacts function, 
therefore causes a problem. Okay. So when the babies I see, you're talking about feeding problems, you know, mm. because they're they're pre-crawling, pre-weaning infants. Mm. So that's the issue that they're having. So you should only perform a minor surgical procedure on a baby if there's a problem. Okay. okay. So saying day one is a bit tricky because you don't know that there's a problem. So mm-hmm. the, what I generally say is that Ideally, it should be picked up in the hospital, discussed with mum, and mum informed of what kind of symptoms tongue tie can cause. And if they enter or they enter kind of a world with these problems, they can go and see the appropriate professional. Mm-hmm. So although it can be done a day one and it used to be done a day one in the hospital, yeah. I generally say wait two weeks, three weeks until breastfeeding settles down a little bit. Yeah. If you're entering into a problem stage and you think it may be related, go get checked. Okay. Yeah. What are typical symptoms? Yeah, symptoms. So there's a big long list, so I brought them. Okay. okay. <laughs> so are you, are you ready to be schooled? <laughs> yes, I'm ready. Go. <laughs> so um, for a breastfed baby, mm-hmm. the problems are going to be kind of slipping on and off the nipple or maintaining, a, you know, not being able to maintain a deep latch mm. or a shallow latch or a painful latch. Prolonged feeds, you know, kind of feeding for two hours, off for 20 minutes, back on. You know, it's feeling, it's like a full-time job to feed that baby. Mm -hmm. Uh, Reflux symptoms can be caused by something called aerophagia. So it's kind of swallowing an air, gulping as the baby drinks. Okay. It's a sign of a dysfunctional suck. And then they get lots of air in their tummy and they either pass it up or throw up their milk feed um, or they get lots of crampy pains after feeding. Okay. Um, So they can have changes in their bowel motions as well. And uh, they can have failure to thrive or like failure to regain their birth weight Mm. just because of that inefficient milk transfer. Right. Bottle-fed baby is something very, very similar. Mum might notice that she's tried a million teats. None of them are, you know, working. And they might dribble a hell of a lot of milk out the sides of their mouths. So mum say, oh, I have to change the bib halfway through a feed Mm. or I might need two bibs, you know. And that's a lot of milk that's Mm. not getting into baby. And then for mum, nipple pain, bleeding, mastitis, engorgement, you know, low pore supply. You know, these these are things that can happen when milk transfer isn't happening. Yeah. At the orobubular interface. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not a medical term. <laughs> it's not. Did you just coin that yourself? Uh, no, I did hear it somewhere. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to say yeah, but I, I can't remember who I heard that. I think that we need for. to hashtag that. It's nice, isn't it? Orobubular. <laughs> so babies go on, and they might have problems weaning. Yeah. And those things are food refusal, difficulty working through the different textures, kind of choking, gagging, spitting yeah, it out. Okay. Now these things obviously can happen with other problems as well, Alex. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that these these can be a symptom of tongue tie. Yeah. So then you go on. So speech difficulties. Um, this is mainly with anterior ties, but you might have a baby um, struggling with their R's and L's after an age-appropriate time. Okay. Dental issues. Um, caries, kind of um, problems with dental decay, and that includes with the lip tie. Um, and then mouth breathing, sleep disordered. Um, sleep disorder, upper airway resistance syndrome, nasal congestion. My God, this list is excessive. It, it is. It's, it's a lot, <laughs> you know, but it's coming. Like this evidence is is coming fast and heavy yeah. and, and it has a huge effect on the body. Wisers. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, that's like just the epicenter of Yeah, so it's all right? connected. And, yeah. you know, you were saying that you had spoken to a cranial osteopath yeah. or craniosacral therapist, yeah. was mm-hmm. it? Mm. So, you know, I'm sure you know now, so in a sense that actually the fascia line is connected from the tip to the toe. Mm-hmm. And if your tongue is tethered, you're going to use different accessory muscles around it, your mouth, your cheeks, your neck, your jaw, your shoulders, baby's feed, you know, with all this extra might and mm. that creates tension in the body as well. So, okay. so 
like if you have a child that's like nine months old and you you, yeah. you, you look, you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, oh, do you know what? My child has had a lot of those symptoms and I've just been carrying on. Can yeah. you bring them to be assessed at that point even? Can a procedure be done at that point? Yes, a procedure can be done at any stage, Alex. The difficulty is accessing the procedure. So mm. again, publicly, it'll be done through ear, nose and throat um, departments mm. and it can be done privately by by one or two people in the country do it under sedation privately for older kids because okay. younger kids, no sedation. Yeah. Nine to 12 months and upwards, you need sedation. Okay. And that's... That's, that's that's the tricky bit. Okay. Yeah. How do you get a referral to the ear, nose and throat? Through your GP. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the way to, only way to do it. So for anybody around the country who has any concerns, really mm-hmm. a visit to the GP is the is the best. first port of yeah. call. Absolutely, yeah. And and as I said, don't be surprised if they say, Well, I don't know anything about tongue tie, but I'll refer you anyway. <laughs> okay. And then that's fine, you know. Yeah. Same same outcome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You'll be on the right path. Yeah. Can you talk us through a typical treatment or assessment? Of course, yeah. So um, what happens is uh, a baby and a mum and perhaps other members of the family will come in. um, They'll do an intake form, which is basically a checklist of all those symptoms I went through with you there. Mm. Um, And then I do an oral examination of baby and I I try and show mum all the things that I can see, you know, um, because tongue tie is on a continuum with normal tongue frenula. So, you know, there's more to it than just the appearance of the tongue. So we talk about kind of the symptoms they're having, what the tongue looks like, and does this all add up to indicate a phrenotomy might help with their problems. So it's not an easy, it's not an easy choice to make. Sometimes it's barn door, but uh, yeah, so we we go through that. Um, The assessment, if pardon me, the procedure, then what we do is we anaesthetize underneath the tongue with a topical gel. And then we use a scissors just to divide that um, tissue back. The baby's usually swaddled kind of in a kind of comfy position for that, just stabilised. And then I hand the baby straight back to mum. Um, sometimes he uses a bit of sugar solution just to calm the baby down. Who doesn't love sugar? Yeah. Um, and then I encourage mum to feed in any way that, that she wants to after that. And that just helps settle baby. And breast milk is an analgesia. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't yeah. know that. I know that now though. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's it. That's the, that's the procedure. The procedure takes 30 seconds. Okay. Oh, no. I'll have to hold on for a second. The crash is ringing me. Hello? Hi. Yeah, she was fine. She's really hot today, like, crying. Oh, no. I don't know if she's dating, like, she beat again this morning. What What did she do? Oh, she bit somebody again. Yeah, I don't know if she's dating because she's crying. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? I can probably... I'll just bring her home. I... Maybe, yeah. Give, maybe give her the cow poll and I'll give you I'll give you a call back then. Okay. Yeah, I'll come and get her. I'm not working today, so I can come and get her. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, dear. Yeah, that's strange. Okay. Well, look, yeah. I'll, maybe if you don't mind giving her the cow poll and then I can come and get her. Okay. Thanks, Stefania. Bye. Mom I fucking knew that was going to happen. I was thinking to myself, oh, I can't wait. Like you, you're having a nice day. I was like, I'm going to go know. off and do something with my afternoon, like a big super value shop. Like, yeah. so glamorous. Yeah. I can't believe that. <laughs> Did you record that? Good. <laughs> Stick it in. Stick it in. For authenticity. <laughs> right. Clearly, I have to go to the creche soon. Ooh, that's it. You're, you're Damn it. on a timer. <laughs> okay. 
Um, we were talking about the treatment, so that's good. Yeah. Um, are parents usually nervous? Very. Yeah, but they're. By the time they've reached me, they've met at least one or two or three other health professionals, and they're in crisis. Like okay. some mums aren't feeding on the boob at all. Yeah, they cannot get that child in the boob. Like so, they, when they meet me, they're kind of prepared for anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, I kind of say, "Look, would you like to do the procedure today?" A lot of them are like, "Yeah, we were we were psyched up for you to do it if it needed to be done," and it's fine. And you know, it's very short, and then and then they have a bit of space to feed and kind of get, get themselves together. But it's a, it's a vulnerable time. Yeah, they're nervous. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is there any follow up appointments then? There's a follow-up appointment at one week, but I kind of tend to see that women don't take it. You know, um, now there should be follow-up with lactation support and or body work as well if if we kind of find that there's some tension on the day that needs to be worked on. Yeah. Um, Because that can can cause tongue restriction as well. Um, So they're the main areas of follow-up. So I I guess then if a lot of people don't pick up on that appointment, it's because they've noticed a difference and they're like, right, that's that box ticks. So we can move on now. Yeah, well, you know, I hope so. Um, (laughs) Certainly what I'm doing at the moment is I'm kind of sending out um, emails to kind of find out how they're doing about six weeks later, but they're still coming through at the moment. But like the the results seem to be pretty good, you know. Um, There's occasionally Eureka Babies. Now I take Eureka Babies, I have to quote the person, uh, Dr. Justin Roach down in Clonmel uses this term. Very small proportion will just be like, boom, I'm better. They'll just go on and everything will be fine. Okay. The vast majority is kind of do well over a number of weeks yeah. as okay. they learn to use their tongue in this new way. Absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. if it's been going on for a while and it's affecting, oh, yeah. like you say, other areas of your body or their body, then you know it's going to take a while to undo all of that. Exactly. And yeah. for them to relearn. So suck training is something that I show parents before they go. That can help. It's like a, a workout for the mouth and, and that kind of helps the baby use their tongue better. Now, I'm going to be devil's avocado for a moment Dude. and ask you, is there any negative side effects to it? Yeah, no. And I'm like, you know, it's good. You have to question these things. And there is always, you know, potential side effects with minor surgery, which is what it is. Yeah. Um, so the main things are bleeding and reattachment. OK, um, they're the two main things and pain as well. So with regard to reattachment, that means that you know, the, the mouth wants to heal. You know, I don't know, I had a tongue piercing when I was young. And You're I took wild. It out. I, I, I was wild. <laughs> and it took about three days, you know, just, and it was, that was it. Oh, you know? wow. So the tongue heals quickly. So um, the, you know, it can reattach in part. But if it doesn't reattach the level that it did before, mm. then you're okay. You know what I mean? And that's what happened with Lucas, certainly. You know, he did, his did reattach, but not that much. Mm. Um, but it's just something, you know, that can, can happen, unfortunately. Now, different practitioners do different things. Some advocate wound massage, you know, underneath the tongue. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think the evidence is there yet. And I just can't bear to ask parents to stick their hands in their children's mouths six times a day, you know, yeah. and massage open wound. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I tend not to do that. And, and I, you know, we don't know, does it make a difference the reattachment rates yes but we will this is all coming okay pain pain it probably likens to getting the vaccinations and not much more than that you know it is it is very minor tissue that, that we kind of divide so if they if they can be crabby you do the exact same thing you would with a kind of colicky baby mm. skin to skin calming music soft lights mm. having a bath frequent feeding responding to all those cues vibration teeth whatever you've yeah, got yeah. you do all of that um, but you can use calpol and urofen if, if they're if they're old enough okay. um, and then the final thing is bleeding so all babies have a few drops of blood in their mouth afterwards um, but it is just that and it heals really quickly but um, one in 300 babies will have a few more than the drops of blood or 
all it requires is a bit of compression and medication and that can be done on site after the procedure. Okay, so no yeah. major dramas there. No, it is. It's like it's a it's a it's a relatively safe, common surgical procedure, you know. And if 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 it has risk benefit, you know, um, and the risks outweigh, or sorry, the benefits outside outweigh the risks, then yeah, it's appropriate thing to do. Mm. You're a practicing GP at the moment. I am, and you've just opened a tongue tie clinic. That's right. The first tongue tie <laughs> clinic in Galway? Uh, no, there's a, a there's one other lady doing it, so there's okay. two to choose from. Is there any more on that side of the country or? There, there's a, there is a handful, but mm-hmm. you know, I think there's one guy down in Limerick, then as I said, Clamel. I don't think there's any. Oh, Sligo, there's an ENT doctor in Sligo doing it. Um, and that would be all that I would know on the West. Okay. Um, I'm sure there's people down in Cork as well. Yeah. It's a bit of a, oh, I know one, or, or mm. I know somebody who does tongue tie. Like, even here, like there's yeah. only one guy's name who keeps up, who comes yes, up all the time in Dublin. Yes, and we discuss this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great, yeah. Um, can you name any really reliable resources in your view in Ireland? Yeah. Any websites or call centres or... Yeah, um, so uh, I would recommend a book that came out recently. Um, it's called Tongue Tied by Dr. Richard Baxter, but it's a very user-friendly um, paperback book for parents and healthcare professionals alike. It's a really nice, easy starter book for, for tongue tie. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to ask you as a GP, do you have very much exposure to prenatal women or postnatal women? Yes, lots. Um, so as a GP, obviously you're going to do all the antenatal um, care um, in the community and then, you know, you got the two-week check and the six-week check and you see mums back before that if they're having big trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be big trouble boob-wise, wound-wise, whatever-wise, you know, yeah. um, or baby-wise. Um, so, and I work in a very uh, a young communities and lots of young families. So there, I see an awful lot of it. And since I became a mom, it's, mm. you know, you're just so much more empathetic and you see where they're coming from. I used to get so pissed off when people used to say, have you babies yourself, doctor? And I'd be like, yeah. no, but I'm a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you could just see that, you know, you go down in their estimation. But like now I see, you know, I mean, it's just this whole new world and you, you glean a deeper understanding. Mm. So my, my one gripe is I wish I had more time to spend mm. with them all, but I, I help out as much as I can. Um, one thing I wish I did more of mm. when after I had Evie was ask my GP. Yeah. Um, I think I had, there was an expectation or an idea in my head that I would walk in and she would ask me the questions. Okay. And then, especially for that two-week check, I thought yes. you get a check as well. Yes. And yeah. you don't. Unless you, don't. you specifically, mm. you know, ring up the GP and say, okay, I'm booking my baba in for a two-week check and I just want to get a little check myself mm-hmm. at the same time. I didn't do that. And I always now tell people if you if you want that you should just let them know just ask for it because I felt a bit of shame and you need you need that time I mean it, yeah. you know it, it, this is just a HSE thing so they're not mm. we're not reimbursed for oh, a, a, yeah. a mum visit at two weeks and it's crazy because of course mum needs that's actually when she really needs it because it could be your first exposure to um, anyone for like a week yeah. since the public health nurse called out to you mm. and, and there's a lot that can happen in that week yeah. for a mum you know, yeah. um, but like you say, you're you're busy. You've got yeah, a waiting tricky. room full of people. There's only yeah. so much you can do. And if you ask somebody a question, like, "Are you okay?" and yeah. they say yes, and then you just have to trust that, and then they walk out the door. Or if they say no, you need you need to make sure that you've asked now, so you you have to deal with this and and deal with this properly. Mm. You know, so it's yeah. tricky. Um. So did your work then as a GP working with uh, postnatal women kind yeah. of inspire you? to open up the clinic as well, like as well as your experience with Lucas, you know, were you seeing that there was a need for this through your own work as well? I 
did not look for tongue ties before I had Lucas, you know, and, and now I do. So it was, I think it was more kind of realizing where did this thing come in and how do I not know about it when it has such great effects on a baby and me. Mm. Mm. Um, so I suppose my work as a GP made it an easier transition okay. because I meet mums and I meet babies and I know how it f- feels to be in those early stages and, and mm. perhaps things aren't working out quite as yeah. well as you thought they might. So it, it's it's an easy atmosphere t- for me to be in. So we talked a little bit about how labour and delivery can be traumatic enough and how simple adjustments can really help in those first few weeks and tongue tie being part of that. Sure. Because it really can have quite a bad physical effect on both mum and baba as well. Absolutely. I suppose the first thing I would say is that if anyone is seeing a body worker, so craniosacral therapist or osteopath for their baby, Mm. get up on the bench yourself and get some work done on you. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's just, it's a really good time to heal and recognise that actually there might be some trauma associated with what you've been through. Um, Two books came up actually when I was kind of having a look at this and I thought you'd be interested so I must send you the link but Why Birth Trauma Matters 2019 book by Emma Spanberg but um, you know it's 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 meant to be excellent but what came up after it was also very interesting Why Breastfeeding Grief and Trauma Matter Oh wow Isn't that so I mean because there can be there can be huge grief about it not working out and trauma around it not working out or working out even you know or the journey that you have might have just been just so so hard um, there's a huge vulner- vulnerability there um, and if there's trauma then there's going to be post-traumatic stress so I'm not saying PTSD but I'm saying post-traumatic stress and we need to own that and be honest about that they can be a really really tough time you know yeah absolutely have you heard of the fourth trimester? I have heard of the fourth trimester okay Um after I had my baby. (laughs) (laughs) Where you're like, wait a second, it doesn't feel like it's ended. It's only just begun. There you go. (laughs) It's amazing, isn't it? Do you, I mean, obviously you 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 were always going to be part of that when you have a small child. But now your kids are a little bit older Mm. and you're doing this amazing work. Do you consider yourself part of the community of the fourth trimester? I would, as your GP is, is you know, a good port of call for any worries that you're having. Um, it can be difficult to navigate and, you know, where, where do I go to for this problem? You know, so as a GP, definitely, as the tongue-tie professional, practitioner, definitely. Um, and just as a woman, because hopefully I can give my friends a bit of support about this fourth trimester business. <laughs> yeah, this business. Yeah. Well, I wish I knew more about it when I was actually having my fourth trimesters with my kids, you know. Yeah. Um, I think I would have th- done things a little different had I really understood what's happening to baby and what's happening to me during that time and I really didn't you know mm-hmm. yeah probably would have done more skin to skin probably would have sat in my bum more um and did less shoulda coulda woulda and 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 just spend time and tr- try and ground myself with my baby because it's very hard to do that yeah. you know busy lady kind of 90 to zero and then you're at home with the baby mm. um so I think that that period of adjustment uh, physically and emotionally should deserves all of our respect and awareness as as a very, very changeable and vulnerable and lovely mm. time in a woman's life. But can we, can we discuss it in, in those terms that I am besotted, I am so happy, my beautiful baby, I'm so exhausted, I'm going to cry. Can you please just make me a cup of tea? You know, can we talk about, you know, I don't like my body, my breasts hurt, I love breastfeeding but my breasts hurt, you know, I'm a bit lonely. And actually just kind of say everything and you're allowed to say all that. Yeah. 
and the people don't kind of shut it off or just put it it down as normal. Well, that's a normal symptom. I know. And as a GP, I try and watch myself saying this and it slips out sometimes. I say, I'm trying to be reassuring, but it's not the right answer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Do you want to talk a little bit about your own experiences with uh, Lucas and Fia? Yeah. Okay. Uh, If I can remember them. Let me see now. I suppose with Fia, who's my oldest girl, uh, she is four. Uh, It was just a new experience. You know, I went in and I remember saying, I think I'm ready for my pain medication now. You know, (laughs) she examined me and I was one centimetre. (laughs) She was like, I would send you home, but you've been in once already. So kind of get into a bed. You know, the whole thing was so mad. But um, so it was this really slow labour. And then, uh, you know, I was in the... Yeah, well, maybe I was around seven centimetres. I was inside in the labour um, board. Can I say seven centimetres? This is okay, isn't Can it? you? Yeah, yeah, why wouldn't yeah. you? Oh, that's, yeah, exactly. It's a fourth trimester podcast. Why wouldn't yeah. I? Yeah. Um, so the midwife came in and, you know, said, look, you're going to have to have a section. Things aren't progressing. I signed off on the sheet. Yeah, you know. But maybe uh, not. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I didn't know what was going on. I was totally out of my tree with this yeah. these top-ups of this epidural. And, yeah. Um, then uh, this very nice uh, kind of head of CNM, you know, kind of head midwife came in and whatever voodoo, she mm-hmm. worked mm-hmm. on my cervix. Right. She winked at me when she did it. She was like, uh, just just give her give her another just few minutes now. Just give her a few more minutes. And everyone was ready to go into theatre. I'll pop for you. No way. <laughs> yeah. Amazing, isn't it? She saved <gasps> my bacon. I mean, I, she really did. And, yeah. and she was so calm. She was the calming force in the room mm. when everything is so medicalized. So it was mm. great, you know. That's amazing. Yeah, it was. It was it. great. But it, it, was weird, it was weird being in the labor work because I had worked in UCHG, you know, as, okay. a, as a, a, a GP reg. Right. So I'd been in that room when other people were delivering and I knew what all the beeps meant. I wish I didn't. That's weird, isn't it? It was a bit weird. Did you stay in the hospital afterwards? Oh, in and out. I I think, um, let me see, uh, I was like a day, you know. Wow. And then Something you like off that. you hopped home. Yeah, down the road though, yeah. Alex. Yeah, <laughs> Not too bad. Yeah, well that's good. Yeah, yeah. And what about those first couple of months then for you? Was it like, whoa? Yeah, oh yeah. You know, it's crazy. Mm. I really can't remember too okay. much to be fair. But yeah. um, one big thing that kind of, I was a big shock to me mm. was how the arrival of Fia totally impacted my relationships with my immediate family and changed the whole family dynamic. So, um, you know, even I'm so close to my mom, you know, that relationship changed and changed quickly. And mom had to adjust to Fia being a new member of the family. Yeah. Um, perhaps because yeah, I suppose the, the the makeup of my immediate family, the landscape of it changed a little yeah. bit. Um, so yeah, I didn't expect that. Yeah. Um, that was new for me. I can totally relate to what you're saying. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. So yeah, the relationships definitely do change a they lot. They do. Yeah. You know, overnight, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> there was just a nice little thing that came up recently. Um, I, I was listening to a podcast about with Brene Brown. Um, she's great, isn't she? She is great. Okay, so oh, you've heard stop. of her. Stop. I yeah. just think she's brilliant. Yeah. She's she's she has learned life's lessons and and used them to her best ability. Well, Brene Brown says mm-hmm. that you know she doesn't have a a baby centered family and she does not have 
a parent-centred family. She's a family-centred family. I just thought it was lovely. I thought it was really nice um, way of saying it, you know, because in the early days, it, it is, you are focused on making sure this little thing is healthy and happy and well, um, but you're not going to last the pace unless you look after yourself as well. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't be at the detriment of, of you um, or your family or your relationship with your significant other. Do you want to have a bit of fun? Always. Okay, so I have this game. It's called the Biscuit Tin. Okay. Um, do you did you ever play games like this when you were a kid? I, I don't. I don't recall. Okay, I would have liked well, to be in your house when you were. Well, <laughs> <laughs> generally, wasn't in my house that I was playing. There was far too many children in my house. I'm one of five. Oh, you one of five? Yeah. So I was usually in somebody else's house. Okay. And um, sometimes me and my friends would play this game where you would put like a question into a biscuit tin. Okay. And then you would pull it out, and then it would be. Okay. It could be like, okay, if you could marry somebody, would he be like? What would he look like? Or you know, sweet games yeah. like that. So this is kind of like a take on that. Okay. Except there's no biscuit tin. It's just an idea. A Ziploc bag with some words on pieces of paper. All right. So, in your, with your GP, mom of two, tongue tie hat on. Yes. You pick a piece of paper, okay. say the word, and then anything that comes to your mind. Labor day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why choose? It usually Isn't takes about it? a day. Why choose? White shoes and Labor Day, I think that's a thing. Oh, You're not okay. allowed to wear white shoes after Labor Day oh. in America. <laughs> so random. It's off, okay. it's off cereal, Mom. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah, pick another one. Okay. <laughs> now, self-care. I, yeah, oh. this yeah, it's a big one. Um, I went straight to skincare routine in my head. Yeah, yeah not going to lie. Um, even though there's lots of good things that you could say about self-care and labour, but we'll just go with the skincare anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, I have a really nice product at the moment, but it's 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 the ordinary uh, AHA and BHA peeling product. Okay. But it looks like blood because that's the colour of it when you put it on. Whoa. And it stung the bejesus out of me. But my skin was like a, like a baby's bottom. It does look good. Thank it you. It looks amazing at the moment. Thank you. But that is a really nice thing to bring up. Yeah. I think that was one of the, we were chatting before we started recording about baby yeah. showers and I was mm-hmm. saying, oh, I got so many beautiful gifts for me at yeah. my baby shower and they lasted me for ages mm. and actually it was the, I used those products for the 10 minutes a day that I would get to lock myself in the bathroom oh, yeah. and just have like a little spa. And yeah. it's lovely. And and feel like a woman yeah. and feel attractive and feel, you know, yourself actually. Mm. It's a sense of self, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that that's a big thing to, to negotiate in, in the early days. And um, any little thing that helps, maybe like go get your yeah. hair done, you know. Brush yeah. your hair. Brush, yeah, I know. I actually, Take it was a, a bit of a stretch, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Let's do one more. Okay. Okay, heat. Holidays? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we met on holidays, yeah, I suppose. This is where it comes from, you yeah. know. Um, getting away is sometimes a really good idea, feeling mm. the heat on your skin. Um, and, you know, babies are actually pretty, they go with the flow and they're very... Um, compact you can yeah. bring them so easily when they're young and I think it's worth doing you know especially before two years old when you have to pay for the seat yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> do you have any other top tips for women in this fourth trimester phase 
Yes. Um, so when you're weaning your baby and you're already at this stage, it's kind of a bit after the fourth trimester, but um, and you're trying to get in yummy things. If you have a picky eater like my Lucas, mm-hmm. smoothies are your friend. Okay. And just yeah. getting that veg in that way. Um, okay. Even sometimes I'm putting a bit of olive oil into it just to mm. fatten them up and make yeah. them cute and cuddly. Yeah. Um, another thing that I wanted to mention uh, is is pacifiers. So no guilt, no guilt trip. But um, I use them in both of my own kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, use just for soothing and get rid of them by 12 to 18 months. Okay. Or else you'll be going to the orthodontist. Oh, oh dear. Watch out. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good tip. Um, what about as a, as a GP, I suppose we talked about like asking for help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that like we, like we're empathetic individuals. We will endeavor to help you as best we can. And if we can't help you on the day, we will certainly get you to someone who can. Um, That appointment time, you know, is for you, you know, and it's just, it's important to realize that we know you're going through a hard time. Mm. Um, And just because we might be busy, isn't an excuse not to kind of address the issues that are important to you. So so do voice them. Um I I can only imagine that you will only get a good response. Um and 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 we're not we're you know, even if you think it's something quite silly or you're just not quite sure, well ask. Yeah. Brilliant. Amazing. Where can people find you? They can find me on uh, my website, tongtaigalway.ie, on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I just stick that in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm pretty easy, easy to find. Okay. Do you do referrals from your GP practice? Like, would you go, no, would you like to see me in this guise or at this house yeah. on Friday? <laughs> well, this is the difficulty. I've, I I haven't figured out how I'm really going to manage this, but this has came up once or twice, you know, because I'm looking and I'm finding them. Yeah. So what I'm doing is I'm saying your referral options are ENT, yeah. you go privately, you can go down to this fella and, and leave it up to them because it's, mm. uh, it's a hard, you know, sell. Or it feels mm. funny. It feels weird, actually. Yeah. So yeah. I haven't actually had anyone come from me diagnosing it over to my clinic and I'm glad about that because I think it's just it's a bit weird yeah (laughs) Yeah. good on you that seems like a healthy approach to to it was there anything else that you wanted to bring up I think that's it no thanks so much for for bringing me to Dublin (laughs) I think we're done great poor Evie do you think she's okay she's okay What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 